And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a terrific week. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my good friend Alex Sears. It's always a great time talking to Alec. Uh, we we covered a lot. Uh, you know, war in the Middle East, uh, crumbling economy at home, just another day in uh, Joe Biden's America. <laughs> Before I get to Alec, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at Bulk Munitions. Ladies and gentlemen, I know you need ammo. I know you're out of ammo. I know your gun shop, the shelves are empty. And that is where my friends over at Bulk Munitions come in. They have whatever you need. Whether you're looking for 9mm, 223-556, whatever you need, they have in stock, ready to ship fast. All orders ship within two business days. No more waiting around. Um, guys, I, I love working with companies that share our values, um, the values that we put forward uh, every Monday and Wednesday on this podcast, and Bulk Munitions is absolutely on the same page. They want their work to serve a higher purpose. That's why they donate at least 10% of their profits to Christian-based and Second Amendment-supporting uh, charities. They call it their Ammo Tithe, which I love. And if all that is not great enough, um, they're giving this audience a limited-time offer, the first 25 of you guys, to use the promo code TNGP21 at checkout on an order over $100 we receive a brand new uh, Blackhawk magazine case on the house, either a soft-sided case for pistol mags or a hard-sided case for AR-15 mags. Um, you get that right now using the promo code TNGP21. See the special offer right now at uh, bulkmunitions.com slash TNGP. That is bulkmunitions.com slash TNGP. Use the promo code TNGP21. Stock up your ammo box and get that free Blackhawk mag case on the house. Um, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. And if you want to support the show, you can monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Alex Sears. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Alex Sears. Alec, how you been, man? Doing all right, Brady. Good to be here. Absolutely. So um, where to start? Where to start today, man? Israel uh, is at war. Um, gas stations across the southeast are out of gas. Inflation is skyrocketing towards 1970s levels. Consumer prices are up 4.2% in April. Um, the so-called you know, inevitable economic recovery simply isn't happening. Um, just a stellar start um, to the Joe Biden administration, man. Like, this president, like— He's like every right-wing doomsday prediction in the flesh. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a great start. I mean, honestly, there hasn't really been like a single, you know, policy that that Biden has has gotten through. It's kind of hard to see what his White House is doing at all, which is why it's surprising that there's so many of these crises suddenly, you know, cropping up and appearing. Because what else do they have to do but take care of these things, right? Like we have the crisis at the border that Kamala Harris is supposed to be taking care of. She's AWOL on that. Uh, I mean, the inflation rates is, are, are off the charts. And, and Biden and his White House have yet to even issue any kind of statement on, on Hamas's terrorist attacks on Israel. Uh, there's, there's a lot of things going on. And we're getting a whole lot of nothing out of uh, the Biden White House. And, and you know what? That's not necessarily the worst thing. But when when Biden is is occasionally chiefly contributing to these issues, you'd you'd like for him to take at least some responsibility uh, for it. 
I mean, he called a lid at three yesterday, you know, as Israel, one of our closest allies, is is uh, under attack. And, um, you know, people are waiting in gas lines across the Carolinas. He uh, called a lid. He ended his day at three. You know, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I, I Like, if we had a, a, a free press, obviously he could never get away with something like that. But, man, I just hope the American people will start realizing that incompetent leftist governance has consequences. I mean, I, I, I was just saying before the podcast, like, I didn't expect to see these consequences so quickly. I mean, it is only May. But, I mean, like, look, when you reverse the Trump-era order and start sending cash to the Palestinian Authority and signal to the rest of the world that America isn't going to defend Israel, guess what? I mean, the Palestinians start shooting thousands of rockets at Israeli civilians. I mean, like, the, stuff like this, like, it, what the president matters. Like, the president has way too much power, you know, the imperial presidency, and, and what he says matters. You know, when he signals to the world that we're not going to have Israel's back, this happens. I mean, like, this wouldn't be happening in Gaza right now if Joe Biden weren't the president. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're pretty right about that. Uh, I mean, we saw just kind of a decrease in, in terrorism in general uh, while while Trump was president and, and Trump, you know, decimated the caliphate in two and a half years. And he deserves credit for that, um, uh, you know, along with with our military, of course. Um, but it, it is kind of shocking that we're, you know, just over 100 days uh, into the Biden presidency and we it feels like we've backslid like 10 years i mean the the amount of progress that that we made economically and and diplomatically during the four years of the trump administration uh really put america in a good spot and, and it's almost been completely undone and and you know this first hundred plus days yeah i mean like we're looking at I, I tweeted the worst boomer joke earlier that we're like one fight between members of the Eagles away from this literally being the 1970s. But like, I, you know, like we all predicted after, I mean, not just after Biden won, but after the Georgia runoffs went terribly wrong, that we were in some serious hard times economically, like in the coming years. But I mean, just watching, uh, you know, people waiting hours and hours in North and South Carolina for gas, um, it's incredible. And obviously there was a, a cyber attack on the Columbia pipeline, which delivered it's something like an outrageous amount, like 45% of the East Coast's gas and oil, which is like bonkers. I had no idea that literally one pipeline um, carried that much gas, which is nuts. But, you know, obviously Biden canceling the Keystone XL pipeline, uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, <laughs> But uh, it turns out that probably wasn't a great idea to just, you know, virtue signal to the, to the climate activists and stuff on day one. Um, it looks like that probably was not a, a smart idea by Joe Biden. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, and, and while, while Joe Biden can't own, you know, hundred, hundred percent of this recent gas crisis because there was a cyber attack, uh, on the company, um, uh, the, the policies that he's implemented to, to try to force, um, America to decrease its gas usage, a hasn't worked and B have contributed to, uh, this now gas crisis that we're seeing and, and canceling the, the Keystone pipeline is it's chief among those. But what we don't see are all of the the, you know, hundreds and hundreds of regulations that the Trump administration repealed are now being, you know, reinstituted, reinstituted uh, or, or replaced with worse ones, uh, you know, behind the scenes and the massive bureaucracy. And that's causing, you know, untold just pain on on the populace. Uh, do we need to to decrease our use of fossil fuels? 
probably maybe sure i mean there's there's you know a finite amount of resources uh available to us so uh, eventually you know in x many years we'll probably run out so looking for alternative forms of energy is totally fine but you can't just phase it out in in you know five to ten years when there are no suitable replacements and and there aren't right now until until the left can get on board with adopting nuclear energy wholesale then there is not going to be a suitable replacement for for natural gas, gasoline, fossil fuels. Yeah, I mean, I mean, any any proposal um, in the energy sector that doesn't include dr- dramatically ramping up nuclear production is just not a serious proposal. I mean, these are not serious people unless you're talking about ramping up nuclear production. But like, I don't know, just big picture. I I have to think that the Biden White House. I mean, I don't know how. I don't know how cognizant Joe Biden himself is of any of this, but I, I think they just think they have free reign to do whatever they want. They they would not have rescinded every single Trump order. They wouldn't have been, you know, the, whatever executive orders. They It was like 20 in the first four days or whatever in January that Biden issued. They, they I think they just believe that the press can carry water for them forever, even in like 2024 re-election. That doesn't matter how bad the economy is. It doesn't matter how many people suffer that the press will just carry them over the finish line like they did last time. I mean, like, if we had a free press, if we had a free press, Joe Biden couldn't call a lid and go to bed at 3 p.m. yesterday when the Middle East is on fire and people are waiting in lines for gas. But we don't have a free press. You know, Politico reported this morning that the White House press corps lets the White House edit their statements and give them an up or down answer whether or not the journos can report on something. I mean, this is that's literal communist state-run media. Right. Like in, in a norm in a normal situation, a normal country with a free press, Joe Biden could never get away with any of this stuff. Yeah, that's that is pretty shocking. Um, just the fact that that we have, you know, reporters that are supposed to be, you know, you know back back in the day, back in in a time where journalism was a respected profession and, and you had to be, you know, stick to a very strict code of ethics in order to be, you know, considered a good journalist and, and, you know, have good quality writing and, and track down name sources. Uh, this, you know, what we see today is just a complete 360 on that turn the entire industry of journalism on its head. And it's, and it's pretty gross. Um, and, and it's kind of sad too. I mean, I mean, you know, we, we had a period of time where, where journalists were trying single-handedly to take down, you know, organized crime in their city. And now we have journalists whining about Clubhouse on Twitter. Like, the, <laughs> the, these are not the same. Like, they are not the same people. It is, it is gross what has happened to the profession. It has attracted the worst kind of people who are, who are in it for, for, you know, personal and political gain. And, and that's not what it's about. And it's, it's truly shocking. And you're right that, that this is basically, you know, state-run media. And, and to your earlier point that, that the Biden White House thinks that the media will carry water for them. They're not entirely wrong because clearly this is what the media is doing, has been doing. And, and it's basically working. I mean, there are a few things where like the media can't help but ding the Biden administration on and that's the current economy. Uh, but they'll, they'll do their best to, to try not to, they'll do their best to make, you know, try and make it seem like Trump is owning this somehow, even though he's no longer president or, or, I think whatever else. I think they learned, um, from actually reporting a little bit, uh, doing just a little bit of actual reportage on the southern border. Um, and I guess that'd be, you know, 
February into March, I guess they they reported on it a little bit. I think they learned because people, you know, Joe Biden's approval numbers on on immigration went way down, and then they just stopped reporting on the southern border. Um, even though I think there's something like 20 times as many people, you know, quote unquote, kids in cages as there were under Trump, um, which is just an astonishing number. But I, I think they're going to stop doing that altogether. I think they're just going to. I mean, like the New York Times yesterday, for instance, published a piece yesterday afternoon. It was like four or five p.m. Um, when people, when thousands of people were literally in the Carolinas, literally waiting in gas lines, the New York Times published a piece like late afternoon, how there are no gas lines. <laughs> I mean, they just like, they're just, they just don't care. I mean, they lie with impunity. I mean, they lie selfishly and indiscriminately. Like it's, it's, they, they, they just don't care. It's just this indiscriminate lying from the New York Times. So I think, I think that's the tactic that they're going to take. Like they're just going to, I mean, I, I watch how they report on Israel and the Palestinians. Watch how they report on um, inflation um, over the next month or so. Like, I think they're just going to ignore reality entirely and just gaslight the country. I mean, they're just going to make things up out of whole cloth, I think. Yeah, it's uh, it's a sad state of affairs, honestly. And and it's, you know, the it is the fault of mass media and the, the 24-hour news cycle and, and, and cable news. Because when there is such a, a constant high demand for news, um, then then you have to meet that demand, and then you know you you tend to, to shift towards the extremes because that's what gets you the views, um, and and it's a sad state of affairs, and that's why it's such a tragedy that we're losing you know hometown newspapers. Yeah, I mean, like I I need to go bad on uh on on like the never Trumpers real quick too, like. Most people in the corporate press, these people are, they're they're either just wicked people. I mean, there are a lot of people that are just wicked, um, working for the the Post and the New York Times and stuff. And then, but most of them are just dumb. You know what I mean? Like you don't hear me talking about Brian Stelter on this podcast because he, I mean, it's 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 a miracle he can tie his shoes every morning. You know what I mean? They, some some of these guys just are not intelligent human beings. But like, imagine how embarrassing it must be right now to be a never Trumper. Like, imagine being David French right now. David French on Twitter yesterday went on a Twitter rant blaming Donald Trump for the coronavirus. R- really. I mean, blaming Trump for, for COVID. It's like, dude, this guy, and I, I I try not to, like, name names and call people out unless they, they're on the show to defend themselves, but I've invited David on the show multiple times and never heard back, so whatever. Uh, I mean, he went from a constitutional law expert and a war hero to Jen Rubin in three years. I mean, it's like, incredible and stuff like that bothers me way more like people like that bother me more than you know the the liars at the new york times because these people know better you know what i mean like it that it's always worse it's more wicked and 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 malevolent if you know better and you lie anyway and david french knows better and he lies anyway for i don't know what for what reason for ego for uh, i don't know not wanting to to admit he was wrong for for money i I don't know what it is but you know people like that it's it's more it's more wicked, I think, in, in my eyes than than the Brian Stelter, you know, that just the talking potato who doesn't know anything about anything. Yeah, it's 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 sad to see. Um, and and it's, you know, you know, everybody kind of joked about, you know, this idea of alternative facts uh, when when um, I believe it was Kellyanne Conway that that said that initially or uh, it may have been Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Um, but it's kind of a, a real phenomenon where different people are working with a different set of facts. 
um, and there's no one set of facts that are are kind of prevalent and 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 the most true, right? And so you can come at this from from different angles, but I think you're you're pretty right when you know you say there's 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 there is just no angle that you can take that. Trump is somehow to blame for coronavirus as a whole. And, and David French is just wholly in the wrong there. Like the blame rests squarely on the shoulders of communist China. And that's, that's been proven. And, and that is pretty much indisputable. Like we know the origins of the coronavirus. It came from Wuhan, China. That was established very early on. Uh, so, so this is really just kind of out of left field from, from David French. And he says that Trump's, uh, incompetence, you know, led to 500,000 people dying. Incompet meaning what? Meaning he, David French would have preferred, like, you know, like the, for, for what, A Andrew Cuomo? His governance? Or what? Gretchen Whitmer, maybe? He want, like, what What would he prefer? Like, the, the federal government to, to, at gunpoint, lock everybody in their homes for five years or whatever? Like, what, like what, what, what could Donald Trump possibly have done wrong except for not be orange? I mean, it's like, it's completely deranged. Yeah, I don't. I honestly have no idea, and I don't know where people get numbers like this that they just throw around. They're like, "Oh, half a million people would have been saved if if this person wasn't in office," and and that's almost impossible to calculate. You can't you can't just like come up with numbers like that. There's almost like I, I don't see a model that uh, that you could that you could run simulations on to where you can come up with with numbers because that it, there's just too many variables. You can't create you know you you can't run simulations on reality, right? Yeah, uh, it's 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 pretty preposterous, and it's I, embarrassing, man. I, I think it's like, a, I'm, I think embar it's a I'm embarrassed fight. for these people. I mean, like you'd think that they. I, I get that most lefties, like Jen Rubin, doesn't feel shame. You know what I mean? Like a lot of these people, like Brian Stelter, you know Max Boot, like these guys. I mean, they they do not they they don't feel shame. They they do not feel embarrassment like the rest of us do. But it's like I like I'm embarrassed for David French. You know, like somebody who I I. I've read a lot of his stuff and, and have respected for a long time. It's like it, I, I, it's sad. <laughs> it's sad watching his career because he knows better. You know, it's like I, I just can't imagine being such a ridiculous human being that I could look at war, inflation, gas lines, consumer prices skyrocketing, the weakening of the United States dollar, and, and thinking, well, thank goodness Joe Biden is nice on Twitter. <laughs> you know, what I mean? like I do not care. I don't care if politicians are nice. They're politicians. They're, they're people that are so arrogant that they want to rule. They want a job where they get to rule over their fellow countrymen. Okay? They're all degenerate sociopaths on both sides. Okay? Like, Joe Biden is a power-thirsty, blood-thirsty monster, like most politicians are. He's not a nice guy just because he's on Twitter less than Trump. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that so many Americans are fooled, including Americans like David French, the, the fact that so many people are fooled by the most basic lazy, easy, boring political tactics is just bonkers to me, man. And it's sad. It's just a sad just depiction of America that so many people are fooled by the easiest lies. Like it's and like I said, I you know, potato people on CNN, I, I don't expect much from, but I expect more from people that that have constitutional law degrees for goodness sakes. Yeah, it's a it's a sad state of affairs and some of the some of the fooling is is willful, right? You're you're being kind of a willful idiot uh in some of this yeah. occasion but it, it is sad to see you know david french who who's one of the the few kind of small government folks left really take this kind of weird hard line 
route just to like I don't know score points against Trump maybe sure maybe in a in an attempt to to kind of knock him down a peg before he starts figuring out his 2024 run yeah I guess I suppose do you think Trump's gonna run I I do um for for the simple reason that he has quite literally nothing left to lose right like there's nothing like there's there's just nothing for him to lose if he runs again. Like, I guess, you know, like another half billion dollars. Sure. But I mean, what's, what's a half when you have four to five billion dollars, what's a, what's a half billion, you know? seems like a lot to me. Um, man, I don't know. Do you think DeSantis could beat him in a primary? I think that would be, um, I think that'd be tough. I think it'd be a very tough primary. Um, I think that, the Republican base likes Trump a lot still. Um, and I think a lot of them feel pretty, I feel they, they feel like there was an injustice, uh, in the last election, even though, um, you know, the more, the more sane of us can say, yeah, we don't really think that there was any kind of election tampering or anything like that. We've done the math it checks out, like it's fine. There's still a, a large chunk of the party that is saying, no, this was an illegitimate election. And then the riot on January 6th was was put on Trump when it unfairly when it shouldn't have. And then, you know, just all these other things. So I think uh, I think he still has a good amount of support. The winds could change. Uh, You never know. We went from from, you know, Nixon uh, and the Watergate scandal to Reagan winning 49 states in like six years. So um, uh, I believe that's I may have my timeline wrong there. Yeah, I just I think I think we need DeSantis, man. I mean, uh, if Joe Biden is is Jimmy Carter 2.0, then you know there is a there is a, a governor named Ron <laughs> named Ronald ready to take over after after Jimmy Carter 2.0, man. I think DeSantis is the man. I think you know, and anytime I, I I talk about this, I get hate on Twitter from uh from Trump supporters. It's like guys, I, I voted for Trump twice. Like I was a Trump supporter. Relax, but like. The way I view 2024 is DeSantis wins 40 states. Trump probably loses. I mean, he could win, but it would be tough. It would it would look a lot. It would be a very close election, um, like both 2016 and 2020 were. And I, I just think Ron DeSantis could just blow him out. I think he could win states that uh, the GOP couldn't dream of winning in in recent memory. I really believe that. But uh, like the press, um, the press knows that Biden is in trouble. Um, especially if the economy continues to decline, which it will. Um, And they know that the left is in trouble. The Democrats are in trouble in 2022. Um, And they know also that what Biden is doing in terms of policy is indefensible on a lot of levels. So what they're doing is they're focusing on Liz Cheney. That's what you're seeing right now. Liz Cheney has been whining about Orange Man bad every second of every day. So you can go on and talk to her buddies on CNN and MSNBC all the time. So the Republicans this morning... Uh, removed her from her leadership position. Pretty simple. No big deal. Honestly, this is the least important story in the history of the world. Who cares? Who's the the third in command in leadership among House Republicans? Nobody cares. I don't care. You don't care. Nobody cares. But the the press they they're they're trying to divide the right, the GOP, and and help their their puppet masters at the DNC by just focusing everything on Liz Cheney and. Adam Kinzinger, as they say, oh, the GOP is falling apart because Trump is so evil and blah, 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 blah. They're really going to try to use this as, as a wedge um, between House and Senate Republicans. Uh, definitely. Um, and, and 
you know, I, I will say two things on this because I, I truly do think it's silly. And, and I've, I've, I haven't really been defending Liz Cheney at all. I've just poked holes in people's arguments on Twitter. And because of that, some of these folks who have taken the bait of like the mainstream media and they're like, oh, no, we need to get Liz Cheney out of here because she voted, you know, for impeachment. And I hate her because she hates Trump. Like yada yada yada. I've I've poked holes in that, and because of that, these these folks who who are you know similar to how the the never Trumpers are willfully kind of ignorant and crazy, the always Trumpers can 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 also be like this. Yes. Uh, and and so I I have somehow been branding at branded as a as a Liz Cheney defender. Who uh, so scary? Um, and and truly, I I simply do not care. Um, I just think it is, I, I, I was poking holes in arguments because I hate seeing, you know, hypocrisy and politics and, and, and politics, you know, some, there, there isn't an innate hypocrisy to any form of politics and, and that cannot be avoided in most cases. And, and, you know, you just have to kind of make peace with that. But then there's just like glaring ignorant hypocrisy where, you know, it's like, oh, my side is better than your side simply because it's my side, you know, um, so uh, I, I think that quite a few of the, uh, the always Trumpers have taken the mainstream media bait. They've, they've thought that this is, you know, they think that this is, you know, a, a referendum on Trump uh, and, and the GOP in general. And it's not just simple, you know, leadership party politics, uh, which is what it is. Um, and, and Cheney didn't do herself any favors by continuing to go out and, and and, you know, talk about how Trump is the worst and, and she's bad mouthing fellow Republicans and she hasn't really done a whole lot as leadership to, to you know, win races. And, and she's working with with, you know, the left on on opposition research and all this stuff. Um, so, yeah, she probably doesn't deserve to be in leadership, but it's certainly not because she you know voted, voted for impeachment. Um, so I, I do think there is a, a divide in the party. Um, but. We don't have to make that deeper by taking the mainstream media bait. Oh, the for problem sure. is the people that are taking the mainstream media bait are the always Trump people who, who you know, they got involved in politics when Trump came uh, to power, which is when I got involved in politics as well. Um, but but they haven't really developed their their political ideals beyond I'm a Trump supporter. Oh, yeah. I mean, like making I'm a Trump supporter, your entire personality is probably the dumbest <laughs> the dumbest thing anybody can do. I mean, I, I thought Liz Cheney should have been removed um, from leadership two years ago when she uh, tried to recruit uh, a primary challenger to Thomas Massey. Um, because, I mean, Thomas Massey, in my opinion, is one of the best politicians we have on the right. Uh, one of the best politicians we have in the country probably ever. Um, he's right on, I'd say, 90% of stuff, um, which... You know, and everybody knows my view of all politicians, so that's astounding if I can agree with a, a politician on 90% of issues. But I thought that was a, a real dick move by uh, Liz Cheney. Uh, I, I don't know if that was 2018 or could have been 2020. I don't know. They're up for re-election every two years. I get them all confused. But, but yeah, man, like, I don't really care about impeachment or any of that nonsense. It's just if you're in leadership, your only job is to make sure the Republicans win back the House in 2022. Okay, and all she's doing is trying to prevent that from happening. Okay, just whining about Trump twenty four seven. It's like, what are you doing to stop the horrific policies of the Joe Biden administration and the the left wing Congress? Like, what? Nothing. You're doing nothing. 
You know what I mean? So I think the GOP was right to remove her, and you know, maybe everybody can just keep their eye on the ball and move on. Well, that's what you hope for. Um, unfortunately, I don't necessarily see that happening, uh, just because um, a a lot of folks still buy into the mainstream media for some reason, even when they shouldn't, and and that includes you know news on the left and news on the right. Um, and and b there's nothing right now for the right to kind of unite behind, right? The the right is always cohesive and, and working well together when there's a fight for them to fight. And this happens around elections and this happens around, you know, significant uh, turning points in, in our history, such as a Supreme Court confirmation. Like there, there, there is no more cohesive, you know, can like right wing outside of a, a Supreme Court fight. Um, so, yeah. And, 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 you know, just being anti-Biden is not enough. Right. And, and, you know, I kind of wish it was, but it's not. So there's gotta be, you know, something, something to, to, for us to fight for, to, to unite against. Um, and, and unfortunately I don't necessarily see that happening until, you know, the presidential, uh, election in 2024 because not even the midterms will bring people together because there will be still be two sides vying for seats and primaries. Um, there's going to be, you know, the, the, you know, always Trump people who that's their only policy platform. And then there's, and, and their policy platform is, Hey, I want to be on Fox news. And there's going to be kind of the, the small government, typical conservatives that we've seen um, for for decades now, be be representatives and, and work in Washington, and they're going to come in there and they're going to be like, ah, oh, yeah, Trump was was fine, but you know, here's some other things that that we should do, and they're going to get chewed up as being the establishment or or anti-Trump somehow. And right. The, this kind of thing is just preposterous and exhausting. And I, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's not enough just to be against Biden or against the Biden agenda, but I mean, the, the Biden White House will give. I think. I mean, it is tough. I, I and you are absolutely right. The only issue that has united the entire right multiple times in recent memory has been Supreme Court openings, <laughs> um, and obviously that doesn't that doesn't work when you know the the opposition you know our opponents are in power. But I think the Biden administration will give the Republicans a handful of issues that will unite at least ninety ninety five percent of the right, like Israel, like support for. For Israel, I think that ha- that's going to unite the Republican caucus. It has to. I mean, the Democrats are just so wildly uh, anti-Israel. Uh, I mean, you're seeing. I mean, just, I mean, <laughs> look at the comments from you know Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and all these people. I mean, it's just it's so ridiculous. It's so evil on um, what these people are doing and saying. I think stuff like that, you know, gun issues. When when Biden tries to ban guns, um, that'll unite 95 percent of the Republican caucus. You know, except, well, I I don't know what. Liz Cheney thinks about guns. I know Adam Kinzinger is a, a gun grabber. He has like a 17% uh, NRA rating. He's terrible. Um, so you know, people like that. He'll he'll he wants to ban guns. <laughs> you know, uh, with Republicans like these, Alec, uh, who needs Democrats? But I, I think I think the Biden White House is so radical that they will he will inadvertently unite the right. Um, maybe not to the same extent like the Kavanaugh hearings did, but I think he will give the right some serious material that, that could unify us. Well, you know, I, uh, I definitely hope so. I hope that's the case. Um, and if it is, so be it. And we'll, we'll use what we can. Absolutely. Alec, my brother, uh, where can everybody uh, follow you online, keep in touch, and all that good stuff? 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Alec underscore Sears. Everybody follow Alec. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on, shoot, what day of the week is it? It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday? Okay, then I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. (laughs) 